everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by business and finance columnist Michael Taylor, and he joins the show today to talk about taxes. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you doing today? Luis, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I don't know where to begin because there's so much to talk about. Everyone is shell-shocked by the home appraisals, and I actually just talked to Richard Webner about home appraisals yesterday. But you had a column out about how Texas, says low-tax mythos, isn't all it's cracked up to be. Can you just tell me a little bit about that in your article? Right. A couple of points, and I'm glad we're talking about it now because, of course, we got the appraisals, and it's upsetting to be paying so much. Um, so a couple of things I think we should think about. One is that a tax on real estate, which as homeowners we all pay, is a wealth tax. We don't like wealth taxes. We don't believe we're doing wealth taxes, but that's what it is. We call it a real estate tax. So we're getting a wealth tax from Texas. And the second thing I think is important to know is that Texas has an illusion of being a low tax state because we don't have an income tax. And many states do have an income tax. So Texas is very proud of that. I think that makes people think it's a low low tax state, but a better way to think about it is it's a very high local tax state, city and county, and low state tax state. And the mix is that many people pay more in taxes than they would if they lived in another state. And I think that's a little shocking, but I just wanted to make that clear. And it's easier to make that clear on the day when everybody gets a 25% tax hike on uh, in April, 2022. And actually, speaking of those tax hikes, uh, there is something that people could do or could have done. I'm not entirely sure how it works. It's the the homestead exemption. Can you talk a little bit about that and what it does for the taxpayer? Sure. There's a state vote coming up in May, I believe May 7th ballot, supported by Paul Betancourt, state senator out of Houston. And he has proposed an increase in the homestead exemption. And that essentially means less of your real estate value will be taxed, essentially from $25,000 to $40,000. There are other homestead exemptions, which we won't get into, but they have to do with military or being of age. But this one would affect everybody, I think, increasing the exemption from twenty-five dollars to $40,000, which is, I'm sure it will pass because everybody loves a tax break. But I think it's worth noting that the amount of tax savings you're going to get are probably about $175 per year. So I think for a, an elected official like Betancourt, he's going to do a victory lap and people are going to say, this is great. What great property tax relief. But I would like to say $175 doesn't go that far when it comes to the kind of tax hikes that have happened just in the past year. I think it's a very small band-aid type, quote unquote, solution to the much larger issue that we're just taxed to the gills on real estate in Texas. One of the things you highlighted in your column that I really enjoyed was you, you talked about how increases or tax hikes like the one we just saw in the home appraisals impacts the rich a lot different than it impacts the uh, a lower income person. That's right. So there's lots of things. You know, taxes are probably my favorite topic in part because I like to take complex things and, and make them uh, useful and understandable to everyday newspaper readers. 
And one of the things I think about taxes is that it tells us what the society values, which is to say, if you have low taxes on wealthy people and high, relatively high taxes on middle class and lower income people, that tells you very indirectly, but but actually quite profoundly, how do our elected officials, who do our elected officials value? I think in Texas, you want to be taxed as a very wealthy person because it's quite favorable. You do not want to be taxed as a modest income person. Uh, a number of bipartisan federal tax changes are in the works. The only thing Congress can seem to agree on is tax cuts for the wealthy. <laughs> and this is showing up in retirement account advantages uh, in something called the SECURE Act. And it, it shows up as we have no estate tax in Texas. That's because the only people who have estates are extremely wealthy people. So it's very advantageous to be a millionaire or multimillionaire in Texas versus other states. And the catch-all phrase we would call that is, is income taxation progressive or regressive? Progressive meaning it favors lower income people or regressive, it favors higher income people. In some in totality, I think Texas has shown through its tax code, it favors regressive taxation and wealthier people. There was a there's a point in your article that you made when you were comparing living in Massachusetts, California and in Texas. And I think it really highlighted your points really, really well. Would you mind talking about that for a second? Yeah, sure. So we have this illusion as Texans that California is a very high tax state or Massachusetts is a very high tax state. And the answer is it depends who you are. But if you are a very wealthy person, I agree California is a higher tax state than Texas. Uh, partly because there is an income tax there and it goes from 1% of your income all the way up to 12% of your income. <clears throat> so if you're a multimillionaire in California, you're probably paying more in taxes. But pretty much by definition or the median taxed household or taxed person is not a multimillionaire. And the median is actually quite low. And I believe in, in totality, lower income Texans are being taxed much more unfavorably. They're paying more of their income in taxation than your average Californian. And I was comparing in the column, simply taking property taxes and income taxes into account. But there are other taxes like that may make this case even more strongly. For example, we have very high, relatively high sales and retail taxes in Texas. Mm. Well, that's a regressive tax in the sense that if you make 50000 a year, a lot of your money has to be spent on goods and services every day for which you pay retail taxes. If you make $500,000 a year or $5 million a year, a very small portion of your expenditures to live are spent on retail that have a retail sales attached to it. So you may overall buy more and pay a little bit more in taxes if you're wealthy, but as a percentage of your income, which is the way we think about progressive or regressive taxation, I think it's a lot worse to be middle and lower income in Texas. I think people have a hard time believing that, but um, there's, there's pretty good evidence that that's true. And I really loved when you were talking about what it takes to rank different cities. Uh, you talked about all the different methodologies that someone may use in order to rank these uh, uh, in any sort of way. Would you mind talking about that for a minute? Yeah, so I referenced three different rankings and they all have extraordinarily different results. And it depends, do you take into account 
fees for government services or business taxation, or like I mentioned, sales tax and estate tax, or do you have a, a more modest, I'm only looking at property tax and income tax and sales taxes. If, if you heavily weight the role of income taxes, which Texas does not have, then Texas is going to look like a very low cost state. But if you include a lot of other things, the situation changes, and if you, especially if you include property taxes, which are pretty devastating in Texas. And, and I think, and this was a point that I made in my most recent column, when you have so much taxation built around real estate property taxes, it creates all these weird distortions where the legislature then gets into weird uh, gymnastics in order to undo the problems of real estate taxes. And I, and I can mention a few of those that I think are true, but um, if you like. No, definitely. I encourage you to get in the weeds in this. Uh, I always love hearing people talk about what they really know or what they're really passionate about. So please, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So when you have a high local tax and low state tax system, like we do in Texas, services have to be provided by the governments that actually have the revenue, like the county and the city. So they take on healthcare. So we, here in Bear County, we have a, a pretty effective county-supported hospital and uh, healthcare services or safety net services rely heavily on county. Um, school districts also derive the majority of their revenue from local taxation, both the ISDs themselves tax and then city and county supporting education because the state is basically starved of funds. So there's a lot of uh, reasonable comparisons people can make between different states and most places in the United States do have local um, taxation that supports education. But in the, in the areas of education, healthcare, and safety net services, when you starve the state, the state can't then guarantee a good education. And you get into, in Texas, we have this Robin Hood thing where all the money is locally held. So you have to create this weird workaround called the Robin Hood. You, you steal from the, the rich districts, you give to the poor, but inevitably it doesn't equalize. Or you get into a situation where Texas refuses to expand Medicaid, despite the fact that the federal government would pay for 90% of it. Um, so who, who loses out there? It's the target audience for Medicaid, which is uninsured poor people. And so it's all the state, in the name of not having state income taxes. Uh, pretty much. I mean, it's all in the state of we have starved the state of revenue, unlike most states. So, oh, we don't have enough money. Okay, so we can't expand Medicaid, even though 90% of the money comes from the feds. We've already paid for this money. It's just not, it's just going to other states, uh, which is, in addition to being cruel, it's fiscally nuts. Uh, and so that's a weird result of the state is starved of revenue. Another weird result that bugs me, and it's a common theme I write about, is when you have a, such a brutal real estate taxation, then you have to come up with, okay, so how do I not penalize businesses? And you come up with all these weird business subsidies by lowering real estate taxes for businesses because you're trying to do it on the name of economic development. Well, if you had normal taxation rates, you wouldn't have to suddenly subsidize these businesses by dropping their, their valuations. But we have all these weird chapter 313 is something I wrote about in the past. And then there's some other, you know, uh, in the name of economic development, we do all these tax breaks for businesses, which is a, its own weird, I think, basically corrupt process. But <laughs> it's because it's how you don't penalize businesses because you have pushed all the revenue generating to the local 
property tax offices. So and then you have to have this weird workaround, which creates its own problems. It's, it's really enraging. It, I believe, I, I can't prove this, but my belief is if you had a modest state income tax, you could have much more modest real estate taxes and you would shift some of the uh, functions of government to the state, which are properly probably functions of government and other normal states do that. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to to leave it. I'd love to have you back on the show again, uh, Michael. Thank you so much for joining the show and and sharing your expertise with us. Louise, I appreciate it. I like getting into the weeds on taxation because I think it's uh, incredibly complex, but incredibly important. So I love a chance to talk about it. And as always, to all our listeners, every article we talked about will be linked in the episode's description. So please go and read them. They're super in-depth and really well-written. Thanks again, Michael.